Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And we're going to be talking about some unreported activity in Haiti that's major, but they've managed to keep it out of the mainstream media but they can't keep it out of the Common Sense Show. And we got Sam Arnold here to talk to us about it. And we're going to update you some on what's going on with Brazil. I've got a few tidbits. I'm sure Sam has way more than that. And we're going to hit that. But first, I need to let you know, uh, with the Democrats moving more firmly in control, plus me, all the rhinos that are in the House, uh, the, there was no election that was won there. Uh, the agenda will continue. And you want to trust Biden as he takes away your food? Huh? Klaus Schwab addressing the G20 today says, yeah, we're changing everything. And he's talking about your food. He's talking about your electricity. He's talking about your car. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't leave things to chance. Right now, My Patriot Supply has a $250 off special on the three-month emergency kit. Get one for each member of your family. Restaurant-quality food, lots of diversity, breakfast, lunch, dinner, 2,000 calories per day, 25-year shelf life. Go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. And then one more thing I want to throw at you here uh, in this particular segment is uh, I'm afraid we're going to see grid down across areas in the United States, and it's not even so much due to terrorism. We can't keep the grid going with the demands that are going to be placed upon it due to Biden's failed energy policies. And if the grid stays down for any length of time, you're going to have to scavenge water. Do you have a good water filter? Well, we do. We have the best in the industry, the Alexa Pure Pro water filter. The prices have not gone up. There's also a sale, and I would highly recommend you go to waterwithdave.com. So we got you covered with the food, preparewithdave.com. We got you covered with the water, okay, waterwithdave.com. And now we have Sam Arnold with Dave. Sam, welcome to the show, and no shortage of things to talk about in the Southern Hemisphere. What's going on? Hey, Dave, to speak a little bit of Spanglish, good morning, good afternoon, good night. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be with you. And uh, we, we, have to, we have to crack the ice with a couple jokes because it's we very do. serious we going do. on. I appreciate that, Sam. We do. Exactly right. It's an old preacher's trick before we punch somebody in the gut. <laughs> yes, I should say Pastor Sam Arnold here. Sometimes I forget to say that. He's a man of the cloth. and uh, so this. I think this colors what Sam says a lot. In fact, I don't think I know. So uh, I think it gives him more credibility than some others. But anyway, Sam, what, what's going on? Uh, you, you, you sent me something that was pretty distressing regarding Haiti, and it's being kept out of the mainstream media. 
A few outlets reported on it, but uh, I had not come across it on any major feeds. Uh, I really hope that maybe Steve Quayle will pick this up and link to it because it's extremely important. The United States, the U.S. Embassy convoy was fired upon in a gunfire ambush in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And this just happened Monday of this week, so it's days ago, and... uh, there was an injury. One of the Haitian drivers was was injured, and if we do a little bit more of a of a tactical breakdown on that, then we'll talk about how that happened and why it happened. But this is not this is not a one off occurrence. This was a gunfire ambush, and generally, U.S. State Department convoys are armored vehicles. They generally run O'Gara Hess and Eisenhart manufactured or modified uh, FAVs, fully armored vehicles that are rifle rated against 308 and 30 out 6 so there is some defense against this and there is some preference uh, preparation for it around the world in fact the number one consumer of armored vehicles in the world, uh, armored civilian type vehicles is uh, the United States State Department so there is some preparation for this but the fact that this gunfire ambush happened that the U.S. convoy was fired upon and there was an injury to a Haitian driver is mind-boggling news. So, a little bit of background on why this would happen. After being an experiment for more than a decade, a a lot of people don't know that there was an earthquake 60 years after the full gospel businessmen did a major gospel crusade in Port-au-Prince. 60 years to the month. Now that nation had uh, had uh, political upheavals before and after that. It was the famous dictator, Papa Doc Duvalier. Yeah, I remember him, yes. Yes. He was pressured from three different sides. One was the Catholic Church, one was rebellions within his own country, and one was the United States. And uh, Senator, Haitian Senator Arthur Sothsman hand-delivered an invitation to my friend and mentor, Clayton Sonmore, Clayton Sonmore, who told me the story from his own mouth after I had read what he'd authored about it. He received the invitation with the presidential seal and signed by President Papa Dr. Collier. And he, uh, with State Department approval, by the way, flew to Haiti. He was the only guest in the central hotel, the deluxe hotel there. He was the only foreign guest and under armed guard at all times. He flew into Haiti uh, over the United States Navy Armada, which was waiting right over the horizon from the island of uh, Haiti to... Why, why, uh, tell, tell us why that's significant. The island of Hispaniola, which is half Haiti and half the Dominican Republic. It is significant because the United States Navy was about to invade. So this is 60 years before the earthquake to the month. And uh, I don't want to get the years wrong. I've reported on it. But even before the earthquake happened, in this century, the Clinton Foundation was heavily at work doing social engineering programs, Pavlov Institute-type programs, UN-type camps, education uh, grants and money where they moved their propaganda in. They were working very hard in Haiti, and then the earthquake hit. 
And the earthquake was, uh, for the Clinton Foundation, it was just absolutely a bonanza. Because, so they, get, all, is it because they got U.N. money? Is that what you're saying? Money from all around the world. And okay. NGO money and government aid. Movies. You know, this is when this is when every nation brings out their warships to do a humanitarian uh, relief mission, and so they get the practice at the same time. They get faction in the world. Hey, look what we're using our navy and our warships for. Sure, they're full of guns and bullets and missiles and stuff. And we land aircraft on them to bomb the hell out of places, but we also send out helicopters to do relief and so forth. So all all different nations and navies do that, but none more than the U.S. Navy. And so all of that aid was coming in, and the Clinton Foundation and the Clinton, the corrupt CIA slash Clinton uh, spook world was already entrenched there. And so now we have a whole generation that's grown up under this. And being a you know, the, the Haitian migrants coming through are a serious issue and a problem. And I've had to stand in line with them myself being a refugee. I go stand in line with, I got a, I got a selfie of myself. I'll send it to you, Dave, of myself standing outside of the refugee office in Mexico City by the federal government and just a sea of black Haitians. And it's very, it's very, uh, rare to see a person of African origin, African, uh, roots in Mexico. Mexico has like, uh, about 3% mixed African, Afro-Mexicans in certain areas. But normally, if I see a black person, it's a, it's an American, and I'm going to get to speak English. So I actually get excited about it. This was before the Haitian way. So right now, there is a security crisis for the nation of Mexico because of the Haitian instability and because the latest uh, wave of a couple of years in Haiti has been to just uh, send boat after boatload of so-called refugees to Mexico. So now the Mexican government is is involved, and we'll, we'll touch that in a minute. Right now I want to say that there are armed groups in Haiti, and it appears to me I am asking whether this is the voice of people who truly want to be free and who truly want to be out from under the thumb of the CIA and the Clinton Foundation. And just to drop a few clues about that, you know, Jimmy Barbecue is the rebel leader who has been sanctioned by the U.S. and the United Nations. And his uh, last name is a French root. It's Cherizier. It is spelled with an R on the end. I think, he's, yeah, I think you say Cherizier. Jimmy Barbecue Cherizier. Now, he was a police officer, not just a line officer. He was in the government security forces. And he was very close to President Moise, who was assassinated. We just passed the one-year anniversary of President Moise's assassination. And remember, this is one of three presidents in the world that openly came out and said, we're not going to mandate a shot to our population that's untested, that's suspect. We're not going to do an an emergency declaration to authorize it and force it on the people. We're not going to do it. President Moise of Haiti was one of three presidents that did that and then was openly killed 
openly assassinated, I mean gunfire attack and assault on his presidential residence, which, by the way, smacked of U.S. Merck work. It of course. smacked of course. Blackwater type, CIA type uh, uh, wet work team. So Jimmy Barbecue Cherizier was very close to Moise, and Moise felt that Cherizier's apparently, and this has been reported here and there, just in the in the uh, little tidbits that I've gotten different places. Now MSN.com did do an article on this, and if you uh, search Haiti embassy uh, attack or embassy convoy attack, you'll get it. But we need to sound the alarm that this happened. And I, I just want to tell you why this is significant. When the conquistadors came into Mexico, the the Mexican people had never seen an armored knight, especially with a firearm. And so here from the conquistadors, a lot of the uh, primitive peoples of Mexico, there were great civilizations too, but a lot of the primitive people of Mexico did not understand that that was a human astride of a beast. To them, it appeared one giant anthropomorphic monster that was armored and impregnable until one day until one day somebody took a shot and actually made one of those caballeros those horsemen bleed the Spanish horsemen bled and the people saw the blood and then they got this crazy idea if it bleeds we can kill it <laughs> yeah, okay, I got it. Let's bring us up to the future, to the present though. What's going on with Haiti that concerns Mexico specifically? And what actions is Am, are, are AMLO considering, is he considering taking? Okay, uh, there has been presented before the United Nations a request for authorization for a non UN, so not UN peacekeepers, for a non-UN military multinational effort to go into Haiti and to restore order. And if Mexico were to lead that, that would be a real shocker because the Mexican Constitution has numerous safeguards to keep Mexico out of foreign wars, European wars, this conquest. Mexico is very isolationist. And the president can order the defense of Mexico's waters or borders or, or reallocation of troops within the nation very easily, along with the Secretary of Defense and certain officials. But for there to be Mexican troops sent... Hello, everybody. The, the wounded... Soil, it requires acts of Congress. Like warrior really requires acts of Congress. Not like in the U.S. where we say it requires an act of Congress and then we bomb and put all kinds of soldiers everywhere anyway without that. It requires serious activity by vote by the representatives of the people in Mexico City. Okay. And so Mexico is addressing this and the Mexico and the U.S. co-authored the resolution that went to the United Nations. So I thought to myself, of course the U.N., wants to be in uh, Haiti. They want to be in Venezuela. They want to set up their camps and then get their prostitution going, and their, which then becomes 
uh, it goes from sex trafficking to child trafficking to uh, permanent UN camps. I've studied it in Uganda and other places, and they really want that badly in the Americas. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at thecommonsenseshow.tv, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at thecommonsenseshow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com and what it does is it goes into a container you lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches it's a 50-year warranty on the device it only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground and you can keep it for safekeeping and i'll tell you this is the way to hide your gold not in false walls but underground will be very very difficult to detect to find out more Go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time but mexico if mexico went in it would be an entirely different situation and this is where you and i have talked dave about mexico stepping into the power vacuum left when the united states has been pulling aid the aid that would actually be productive right to the different countries like Guatemala and El Salvador. You know, Trump made sure he uh, signed the BUILD Act, Better Use Investment Dollars. The BUILD Act made sure that the millions that we send to a country like Guatemala or El Salvador actually pay judges, immigration processing centers, pay for uh, housing of migrants while they're in an actual trial for asylum claims to be heard and determine whether or not it's got validity, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the, the money was going to things like that and not into huge NGOs, which are going to back violent gangs, trafficking gangs, criminal activity, graft, and, and malfeasance and theft. And so now we got Biden in the White House. It's gone right back to that. 
And who and, and who swings the quickest? The State Department, the U.S. State Department. In fact, Trump called it the Deep State Department. Just shouted that out on stage for all the world to hear. You want to know where the Deep State lives? It lives in the U.S. State Department. Yeah, I used to have a really good friend named Monica Wesolowski who worked for the State Department, and I got a bird's-eyed view. They hated her because she was conservative, and she told me, Dozens of stories. You're right. The State Department's totally communist, and really, for the most part, they have been. Remember Alger Hiss and the UN and that fiasco? They've always been this way. And over recent years, it's gotten worse, and they have they have worked harder. Uh, you know, Tano Pirano, who, by the way, comes from my strain of the martial arts, there's an interesting video, if anybody's interested. It's one of the earliest videos that I did as Chris Tano Pirano wins Master Bussy's ARC Award. It's on my YouTube channel. And it was actually Chris Tano Pirano who insisted on calling me Pastor Sam, although I had long rejected honorifics. You know, I just wanted to not get into that. I preached in the jungles and on the streets and really didn't want a public face and people calling me. You know, Jesus Jesus reproved the Pharisees. They love greetings in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi. So I'd resisted that for 20 years, even though I preached and been to many nations and have been set apart by multiple presbyteries with the laying on of hands to do the Lord's work. I really rejected the honorific. But when Tano Pirano on a worldwide broadcast, he and I were talking and he just insisted on calling me Pastor Sam. And so that stuck. And that's if anybody's got a problem with people calling me pastor, then you could just go to Chris Tano Pirano, the hero of Benghazi, who killed over 100 insurgents in the famous 13 hours firefight along with a very few buddies that stuck with him and you can take it up with him so we we uh honor the heroism of those men attempting to save the life of ambassador chris stevens and save the rest of the americans that were left to die by hillary clinton and her uh control of the state department in benghazi libya but we also know in hindsight, that Ambassador Chris Stevens was heavily involved in the gun-running operation well, that was... not just that, so, Sam. Gun-running, child-running, drug-running. He did the trifecta. And but, he was about to spill the beans, some say. Well, yeah. Can I give... A, uh, this is something I know a lot about because I got proprietary information, and I'm not bragging, but I was the first to break the story about Benghazi. It was almost a coup. And Chris Stevens knew he was being hung out to drive to, to kill all the connections to the Hillary Clinton State Department when Obama was going to run for re-election against Mitt Romney. And so he asked for a platoon of Marines. She said no. How about a squad? Hillary said no. He knew he was being set up to be killed. He even put out the word to a few people. And he knew they were going to come and take him out. Now, at that event... You had General Ham, head of AFRICOM, and you had uh, an admiral, the head of Carrier Task Force 3, and they were wise to what was going on, and they hated the Obama administration. They would like to have saved uh, Stevens because he'd have sung like a canary knowing he was being hung out to dry. So they were under attack. Ham and the admiral were communicating, and uh, they said, okay, uh, admiral, I'll provide the uh, um, cover, air cover and surveillance, with drones 
and uh, um, Ham was going to provide the troops to come in and save the day, and they were going to rescue Stevens and have him sing like a canary and try to bring down the Biden administration. Unknown to both commanders, uh, Panetta, the defense secretary, had staffed their XOs, their number two in command, with CIA operatives, when they moved to disobey, uh, disobey Panetta's order to disengage from the event, they were promptly arrested, and it stopped Stevens from being saved. That's the back story, but there almost was a coup over this. It could have brought down the Biden administration. And then after that, when those men actually shot their way out of the country in the famous 13 hours firefight, uh, they got back to the USA only to find that Hillary's goons were after them and they had to use all their trade craft. They had to go dark. They had to use burner phones. They had to hide out away from their families and go on the run in, in order to preserve their own lives and to tell the story. And then when Paramount Pictures picked it up, this had been through uh, a couple different movie houses turned down the script, but Paramount picked it up, made the story, and it's a fantastic, fantastic story of American heroism. But looking back, even the guys that were there realized that the the white shoe boys, the CIA people, had gotten them into a pickle that was going to endanger all of their lives. If you look at the book, I have a book called Zero Foot Zero Footprint is the title, and that book details that the wet work teams that were running now just as this is just the guns, the guns that were going from there onto C-130s into Syria and so forth, there were not less than 10 different outfits. These are different warlord-led factions that were multi-hundred million, average 300 million U.S. dollars of weapons went through each one of these 10 different competing warlord factions to try to move all those guns into Syria. Of course, now Congress just passes it by the tens of billions one month after another, and, and we don't even try to hide it through a third country anymore. So this is the this is a sliding down the slippery slope. And I'd like to commend again the heroism of those Americans that saved themselves and the other Americans. But now people in their positions, I'd like you to consider if you are a knuckle dragger working to protect the CIA and the State Department, I would challenge you to remember your oath you took when you joined the United States military to defend this nation against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and that you may be tacked on to defend an outfit that is going to get put you in danger and put our nation in danger right now as we're under an, a threat of nuclear war. And more and more nations of the world are going to consider this event. And this is why there's a news blackout. You know, you you never see a story about somebody killing a U.S. police officer in self-defense. You know who you know who shot a cop in self-defense in the USA and got away with it and didn't go to prison, Dave? Tupac Shakur. Hmm. Now, that's that, that was in the 90s. But if, and I'll, I'll, I will assure you that it happens, but if the word out that a United States American's red-blooded citizen, somebody who slings a hammer or sits at a desk every day, was in an assault situation, somebody got in a conflict with them and they use lethal force, and then uh, in searching the dead guy's pockets, once they flipped them over, they found a badge. If that hit the news, 
all of a sudden it could start a groundswell in America that maybe all the king's horses and all the king's men could not stop. And that's why there's a news blackout here about this Haiti convoy attack, because blood has... Yeah, excuse me. State Department. And the State Department is so dangerous <coughs> that even in Mexico, in a document dump that in the last few months, it was found out that U.S. Ambassador Ken Salazar has been under government surveillance. So this is the, the uh, security apparatus, the intelligence apparatus within the Mexican military has been surveilling very carefully U.S. Ambassador Ken Salazar. Well, did you know that he was, he was Hillary Clinton's di- transition director? Once Madame President stole the election in 2016, the guy that was going to run the whole transition team was former Obama Department of the Interior cabinet head, mm-hmm. Ken Salazar. Yeah, but so he's now a, here he's we are in 2022, Sam. and the moment that Obama, uh, excuse me, the moment that Biden, O'Biden, got in the White House, guess what? Hillary's transition team head came to Mexico City to be the new ambassador. And he speaks Spanish. He's one of the few leftists that's all for uh, a big oil, you know, drilling and making money, which is something that the U.S. and U.S. interests always try to do in Mexico is come get the oil because Mexico has a vast amount of oil. So he's one of the few that does that. And uh, I'd just like to point out that he is absolutely a dedicated socialist and having failed in 2016 to hand over the United States of America to China, he, he was sent recently to Mexico to hand Mexico over to Chinese and globalist interests. So it's no surprise, it's no surprise that he is out there uh, being watched, that he's being watched. The government of Oklahoma, the governor of Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt, Who's a Republican and a, a, a fair a fair guy? He's just yeah. a guy. They put a forty man protective team on him because what did he do? Flew down, went straight to the uh, U.S. Embassy on Paseo de la Reforma, right underneath of the Angel of Independence, El Angel de la Independencia in Mexico City, and then here's the State Department. Here's the deep state telling, oh, hey, you got a lot of oil in your state. Hey, let's work it out a deal for this. You know, your state really needs workers. Let's work out a deal for this. So they're all trying to schmooze Governor Kevin Stitt, who's one of the key people, should United U.S. states secede. Oklahoma is going to be the first or the second state. And Texas doesn't have any leadership, as we've discussed before. One quick point on that, and then I, I, I'm interested in your commentary, Dave. They, they, uh, Oklahoma is key to any secession in the United States. And here's the State Department just greasing palms and schmoozing Kevin Stitt. So the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, who just won a totally gerrymandered and very suspect contest, uh, is looking forward to a new term as the governor. And he, Greg Abbott of Texas, Ken Salazar, the U.S. ambassador in Mexico City, are the two highest profile American officers 
that have entertained personally ex-governor of Tamaulipas State, Francisco Garcia Cabeza de Vaca, the worst criminal in the Western Hemisphere, who right now is uh, on the lam. His whereabouts are unknown. And so Ken Salazar deserves to be surveilled. He's not working for the interests of Mexico, and he's not working for the interests of the actual United States. He is absolutely a pawn and a stooge for the deep state, the deep state department, the CIA, neoliberalist Bush interests, and the Clinton, Obama, Biden uh, left in the United States. So we can expect more trouble against this obvious enemy of democracy in the new world. Well, okay, the Haiti thing is unsettling, and Mexico is going to move, but I don't see that as a threat to the U.S., do you? The unrest in Haiti is a major threat to the U.S., because I can walk down the street along the border or in Mexico City or many other places and see 20, 22, 23-year-old, very strong, muscle-bound men with horrible, mean scowls on their face and generally a few scars and busted knuckles to let you know that their mean expression is not uh, a bluff. These are people that have been, from their infancy, raised in refugee camps. A lot of them speak Spanish because they spent years in Chile in the process of overthrowing that nation, which is now leftist controlled, although a resistance is rising. And a lot of the Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow. For example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. Mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Them burned or discarded their, their Chilean identifications, which would preclude their entry to the, the US. United States. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but they just throw away their, their countries of, country of origins and roots. Um, okay, but I'm still not convinced how Mexico go I understand it's a security threat when they attack embassy personnel I get that that's a terrible thing and certainly uh, well let me ask you this question why would the American media be interested in covering up the attack on embassy personnel from the United States so it doesn't happen again so it doesn't happen 20 more times so every country that the US is in there trying to overthrow and run a coup like happened in Ukraine Chile Argentina, many other places like they're trying to do right now in Brazil. What if the Brazilians heard about this? That somebody shot up the U.S. convoy and that somebody was actually injured and that and and that the U.S. State Department was scared about it. Well, what I, I agree. Uh, okay, I hear what you're saying. And, and, and they don't want to give them attention to because it will increase the likelihood of the behavior getting more attention so it will reoccur. I get that. Okay, that makes sense. But I don't see, have a problem with Mexico moving into Haiti. In fact, I would say better them than us. I'm starting to really like this idea, and it would—it's it, a—it's a stunning thing that perhaps 
the president would take that before Congress. Uh, and I have not read the resolution, but the resolution did pass out of a 15-member U.N. committee, and it's not a U.N. force. You know, if it were a U.N. force, then you'd be dealing with uh, a lot of other suspect nations. You'd be dealing with China just first. You'd be dealing with a lot of very socialist Europeans. But right now, the fact that it will be a multinational non-UN force, it could actually be the solution to the crisis in Haiti and the resulting refugee crisis. Because the moment there's stability, then the government's going to reach out to all the Haitians in Mexico and say, all right, you came because it wasn't safe there. Now it's safe. And we're going to even give you a boost. But you need to go home and rebuild your own nation and we'll help you do it. So that's what's actually on the platter. But I'll tell you what the, uh, the, the globalist government of Haiti wants. First of all, the prime minister is refusing to, uh, resign. Barbecue, Jimmy Barbecue wants the, uh, prime minister to resign. I'm going to read something just from, uh, Prime Minister Ariel Henry. So there is demonstrations of thousands of people in Haiti going out to the streets to demand the resignation of Prime Minister Ariel Henry. You know what Barbecue suggested? He suggested, okay, we're going to have all the armed factions in Haiti, nine or ten of them. Each one will have a representative, and that council will govern the nation until the presidential election in 2024, which that's only two years. Now, what's unreasonable about that? All right, someone would say, and this may be the slant by the AP and MSN, the the little reporting that happened on this convoy shooting, it says that the same gang that did the uh, convoy shoot-up was responsible for for kidnapping the American missionaries. So that was a widely known event that happened. They were held, I believe, two or three months in captivity, and I'm sure that was a a harrowing and terrifying thing. Having myself been held captive by a communist army as a missionary, uh, it it is a nerve-wracking experience. So I'm not sure if that's true, but they say, okay, it's the same gang that kidnapped the missionaries that did the shoot-up. But the fact is, I see Haiti fighting for its survival through Joseph Lambert and Jimmy Barbecue and Cherizier. Prove me wrong. Well, okay, but the thing is, is, um, well, I I would say this, okay? It's destabilizing to Mexico what's going on. But the destabilization is already at our southern border, so it's not going to spread. The attack on our embassy personnel is concerning. And I would say, just pull out of Haiti and let them figure out their own mess. That, that would be my answer. Problem solved. What, what I'd like to do, though, in the time we have left, is there's been developments out of Brazil that I think are very telling. And uh, the military came out with two statements that impugned the use of voting machines. And so I wanted to ask you about this. Do you see the military moving in the direction of intervention, given the fact they've now taken a position on the election? And I'm talking about Bolsonaro's defeat to the communist Chinese and radical leftist uh, candidate Lulu, that he somehow has uh, 
managed to steal the election. That seems to be gaining traction with the Brazilian military, not to mention hundreds of thousands of people in Brazil. Let me give a tiny bit of background that is just going to make this all so clear what's happening in Brazil. The same thing happened in Brazil that happened to Trump in the midterms here in the U.S. Yeah, uh, exactly. He backed all these candidates, some of which were kind of out of left field. But with Trump's backing, many of them rose to prominence. And then, regardless of uh, who shuffled and cut and shuffled again the deck, a number of them won. And so then, after winning... Do you know what many of them did? Cozied right up to the GOP, to the rhinos, to Mike Pence, and turned their back on President Trump, who made them. The same thing. And this is a gut punch, because under the radar, behind the scenes, in the smoke-filled rooms, these arrangements were made where the globalists come to this candidate and say, all right, we know this about you, we'll help you, we'll back you, but the moment you take your seat, you turn on Trump. And many of them did. And Trump was really hurt by that. He finally came out and declared his candidacy, and that's great. I I see armed conflict before there's another election, but regardless, he finally declared, and that's fantastic. And there's one of them, is DeSantis. Now there's now there's issues between Trump and DeSantis, but DeSantis is receiving money from some very suspect interests that have donated to the leftists in the past, and then so him cozying up to the rhinos and intending to uh have a title bout with with Don Jay for the White House. This is why there's friction, because he's cozying up to the rhinos and may have been one the whole time. So Trump had to call him out. All right, so this is a gut punch for Trump that he backed all these candidates, made them, gave them uh, uh, brand equity from his brand, and then they 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 kick off those those shoes and and change horses to mix metaphors. <laughs> this happened in Brazil, Dave. Met candidates that Jair Bolsonaro backed for uh, that he that he gave his power and influence to, that he endorsed for governorships, Senate seats, representative seats, mayoral elections. Many of them won and then denounced his movement. So they win the seat and then the same night make a phone call to congratulate Lula da Silva on his quote, quote, victory. So this is what's happening. And, and we have to ask if there is suspect shuffling of the deck or of the ballots, were those so-called conservatives allowed to win or made to win because it was prearranged that they would then turn against the tropical Trump? Yeah. Or the actual Trump. Tropical Trump is Bolsonaro, um, and for people who don't know. But I, I want to tell you something here. Um, I have been asked this question today by people I know, and they say, Dave, what's a bigger problem in America's elections? Is it, uh, what is it? I say, well, voting fraud certainly 
present clear and present danger. But the biggest danger we have is the infestation of rhinos that now run the Republican Party both at the national and state level. And I've gone through painstakingly today on YouTube and I've identified who these people are. And I'll just briefly say in Arizona, for example, Bill Gates Chairman, Supervisor of Maricopa County, not, not the Bill Gates of Microsoft. Uh, Stephen Reischer, the head of elections for Maricopa County. And they both contribute to PACs, political action committees, that work against uh, America First candidates. And then Mitch McConnell sabotaged eight uh, America First Republican candidates for Senate. And uh, Kevin McCarthy's no better. The head of the RNC, Rona McDaniel, is the same thing. They didn't fund candidates or not funding lawsuits for libel and slander and for also, uh, um, I, I hate to say it this way, but for blatant election fraud. Now, having said all that, the biggest danger to American elections is the rhino infestation in Republican leadership positions. And yet some Republicans win because they're not America first. And I'm hearing kind of the same tone in, in, in Brazil. I'm hearing the same strategy. And I'd just like to throw in my two cents on top of that to reiterate. First of them, in my book, is Greg Abbott. Because in the event of any he intends to absolutely scuttle the ship and run the secession effort into the ground, even as he is tooting his horn. He has been in the news in the last 48 hours for declaring insurrection laws and, and, and invasion laws of both the U.S. Constitution and the Texas Constitution, activating the state uh, militia and or, if you read the articles, they mention militia and they mention the uh, the state guard. There is a state, yeah. Texas state yeah. guard. I reported on this, yep. Okay, he intends to use all those to uh, stop migration and things at the border when actually what stopped it is his good friend Francisco Garcia Cabeza de Vaca getting uh, voted out of office and his lackey getting voting voted out of office in the new corner in Tamaulipas State. So Greg Abbott's also supposedly reaching out to the New Mexico governor and the Arizona governor to make a multi-state coalition to secure the border and fight trafficking and it is all lies. It's all lies. I'm here. I see it. It's all lies. Well, the governor-elect, Katie Hobbs, tried to do sanctuary state for Arizona. She was in the state Senate. So I do agree. I could see her partnering. Um, I see her being the cartel governor. I'm getting reports, and Sheriff Mack uh, in, in some ways confirmed this when I interviewed him today, that uh, the cartel is making inroads to law enforcement across the southern border. Not all, but some. And what's interesting about that is you're talking about the political climate now exists for the cartels because you said uh, DeBaca, total cartel guy, to, uh, former governor uh, of, of that state that borders uh, Texas, and these people will stop at nothing. They are invading America. They're killing American kids with fentanyl, but the one of the biggest crimes is the infestation that they're posing to American law enforcement. And Sam, I know what's happening. I've been told by too many people. Yes, sir. That is what's going on. And so this is the counterpunch. This is the Empire Strikes Back. Is the rhinos melding and, and fortifying their lassos, their ties with the uh, Democrat deep state? 
and the rhino turncoats, and this has really hurt Bolsonaro's momentum. This is why Bolsonaro did not declare insurrection immediately, because on election day, so many of his close friends and allies jumped ship and ran to Lula. And what that also Lula, just as some people know, Lula, Lula is the guy who is Bolsonaro's uh, opponent running in Brazil. Okay, just so people know. Okay. The condemned twice ex-president of Brazil who was sentenced to 20 years in prison for corruption and graft, whose successor, Dilma Rousseff, his hand-picked successor, was impeached. And then Michael Tamer took the presidency, which nobody really liked him. And so it was in that moment of weakness that Bolsonaro came in with help from the military to cut down election fraud. And maybe also from the Russians. Maybe. Won the election as the tropical Trump. Praise God. Michael Tamer and all the Supreme Court justices from Brazil have been in New York this week plotting. Why are they going to another country to plot the future of their country? If it's not a coup, it is a coup. And <laughs> yeah, it is a coup. Bolsonaro lost a lot of momentum in his counter coup by these turncoats. And just like Benedict Arnold was supposed to be, he was over Fort Ticonderoga. It's, it was, it was so important that he guard that strategic waterway, which was the gateway to, uh, Canada, where there were many British troops. And he was supposed to be guarding his sector with his administration of the famous Fort Ticonderoga, and he just gave it to the British and joined their side. So many Benedict Arnolds have presented themselves in both the United States and in Brazil, and that's why Bolsonaro's declared intent to immediately fight a corrupt election defeat did not happen, but it could still happen. Well, that's why I want to go back to what I said about the the military. Did you see the comments they made about the voting machines? I have not seen the the news in the past six hours. Well, Well, this isn't six hours. This is probably more like five or six days. But the military in Brazil said quite clearly that there were problems with the voting machines and it would lead one to doubt the results. I'm paraphrasing, but that's effectively what they said. There was a uh, there was a uh, statement made by a key Brazilian general, I believe retired, and I don't have those documents on my desk here, but this was moving up on a hundred thousand uh, likes, shares, and retweets on Twitter. His letter, I actually retweeted it on my Twitter, so you can search Gospel Gunslingers on Twitter, and if you go to my tweets and replies, I tell in English what he said. I may actually be able to find that, Dave. Uh, but he said that the news blackout in Brazil is equivalent to a modern Iron Curtain and Berlin Wall. And so there are rumblings. There are rumblings. I can't tell which way they're going to go, but I I hope and pray that these people fight for their nation. Hmm. Well, what do you... Uh, do you think that there's going to be a counter-coup because of the... Uh, well, let me put it this way. 
I think there already is, but it's being suppressed in the media because in Brazil, I'm sure you know this, uh, if you speak out on Twitter or Facebook or anything else, they are canceling your account and they're making it a criminal offense. It is sedition, just like here in the United States. It's sedition. You know, I've been reaching out to Myra Flores, who was gerrymandered out of her seat that she won in a special election, right in the real ground. And, and you know, she's got a pension now as a former congresswoman. And I'm saying, hey, Myra, you're a media darling. Come help us rebuild conservative journalism from Mexico. Come on. And then when it's time for you to run again, then you can run again. But right now, be the Latina voice. Okay, so this is General V.S. Boas. And here's my tweet. I'll just read this to you. In English, the general, far from being a fanboy or Bolsonaro lackey, says the millions of protesters requesting military intervention against Lula partisans are absolutely peaceful and the news blackout of them a modern Iron Curtain or Berlin Wall. So that's a translation directly from his letter. And this, uh, I'm going to just look how many, how much activity his tweet has. 151,000 hearts, 41,000 retweets, 19.9 thousand likes at present. Let's see. None of it's in English. So who would know? If there were um, a civil war in Brazil, would you expect Chinese to put troops on the ground? I expect the place is full of sleepers to include the many, many criminal gangs. Bolsonaro uh, <laughs> did like Colonel Jackson. There, there wasn't near as many as there was a while ago. Fired their guns and the British kept a coming, but there wasn't near as many as there was a while ago. Bolsonaro, during his presidency, really moved into the favelas. He actually trained sniper teams where when they moved into the favelas, they could have sniper overwatch just for lethal force to even go into these neighborhoods are full of, uh, you know, red light districts and drug dens and just complete corrupt barricaded neighborhoods that are controlled by criminal gangs, real criminal gangs that are into extortion and drugs and human trafficking, etc. So he cut down on them. But that, this is a massive well of sleeper cells, and they're all for Lula, Lula da Silva. And this is something that, that has been discussed in other tweets. Why do all the criminals and the drug traffickers and all these tattooed monsters on the streets, professional outlaws, why do all of them, uh, why are they all celebrating Lula's so-called victory? Uh, well, because they're on his side. So... Those are just the sleeper cells that are domestic. And then you have uh, multinational, you have external foreign threats. And remember that the Foro Sao Paulo, the Sao Paulo Forum or group, was the, uh, the group that was working to make other nations socialist under this glory days of two terms of Lula da Silva and two terms of Dilma Rousseff, basically going back to... Yeah, that, that gets back into the weeds, though, and I don't think people are going to follow that as well. What my audience has really wanted to know, Sam, is how close is the military to acting, and their statements would appear that they did, but it's been almost a week, so I'm questioning whether or not they will. 
And are they fearful of the Chinese? See, that's another thing that I suspect, too. I talked to one of my military sources on this, and he said, if the military moves, they'll be crushed by Chinese air power. I said, what do you mean? He goes, Dave, in those jungles, he goes, they have airports that are hidden from view, and all they got to do is remove the foliage, and off they go. And I said, you're kidding. So he felt that Chinese have what amounts to an invasion and occupation force in Brazil enough to subvert any military uprising. So that's that's just what I'm getting on the other end. Let me ask you this question, okay? You got gospel gunslingers, right? You're a refugee from America to Mexico. Um, and t- tell me, tell us about your organization and how people can become a part of it. All right. Uh, we really need that, guys. Even in my contracting work where I paid for my own ministry trips for years, November and December, everybody is hiding in there under their covers and they're thinking about Christmas presents and the end of the year and their end of the year taxes. And we were, as contractors, left out in the cold during that time. And more so when I rely on donations, it's very easy to forget at this time that there are people out on the cutting edge fighting for freedom, and we have got to make ends meet. I have a new worldwide radio show on 200,000-watt transmitters. It goes all the way through South America and and probably to Antarctica. Awesome, awesome. But I've got to pay for every minute that I'm on it, and I really need people to step up right now and help me. You can go to gospelgunslingers.com and do that. And listen... I looked for someone else that I could help to be the original refugee and to make a presidential claim, not just to stand in line with the Haitians, not not to get arrested by immigration and then be processed. No, to make a claim to the president of Mexico, whom I see as the leader of the free world, at least in the Americas. And so no one else would or could do it. And so in the end, when... My sheriff came for my guns in my own hometown of Iowa. At that point, I decided, okay, it's, we take the gloves off. I can't come home anymore without being ready to defend my life with gunfire. Yeah, exactly. I hear you. I hear you, Sam. I I know how dire this has been. But what people don't realize is what goes on south of the border is going to blow back our direction and Biden is looking for communist allies in South America that one day could cross our border with bad intentions. And yes, I said Biden. He's a traitor. He works for China. It's time that we owned up and we said it. Sam, tell tell people how they can help you. Where can they send the donations? Go to gospelgunslingers.com. I have a mailing address on there. I've got a couple different donate buttons that you can hit. I'm very easy to find. Or you can search Gospel Gunslingers on any uh, search engine, and at this point, it will go right to me. And just to clearly and directly answer your question about air power being stationed, right next door to Brazil is Argentina, where now they're three years into power, the communist government, again, that is thick as thieves with China. It's only China that is... That makes sense, and that's a good note to end on, because, folks... You think Red Dawn's just a movie? Pay attention. Sam, thanks for joining us, my friend. Always a pleasure having you on. God bless you, Dave. Thanks for your work. 
We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BuryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.